welcome back, everybody. Um, you know, after Turkey Day, all the rest of the days are so mundane. So, <laughs> oh, my God. How are we all doing? Does anybody remember where we left off? I'm trying to think. Where did we leave off? Uh, we, were, we were trying to sell the anvil. I I was trying to trade the anvil for our goodies. Puck and I have not are at another vendor, but we haven't actually had a chance to even discuss what they might be selling. So no idea. Yeah. Where. But there was a lot that was learned in the last session. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of uh, investigative work, some conversations, and although it would seem that Earthen was doing their best to, you know, make a decently struck bargain, after all, I mean, what does Earthen care about religion and gods and saving the universe? None of that's pertinent to being a good bard. But anyways... <laughs> Actually, I mean, it, it makes a good story at some point, right? It's, well, it I mean, a big problem, like like this fancy <laughs> necklace that I got that I apparently somebody has to convince to be friends with. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the community of Draxelhaven, the team are currently waiting their opportunity to meet with the title council to be introduced, and they've discovered that in the community of Draxelhaven that sits on the back of Draxelbricks. The great ancient uh, dragon turtle that the merfolk community live on. Um, we've learned that there might be a beacon located in Draxelhaven. Although the team tried to get access to it, but they were denied. As they have to go through the formalities of being introduced to the title council. And therefore determining whether or not acceptance into the community may happen. But I believe it was Puck and Spot that went and did some investigative work. Um, in our last session, made some interesting discoveries. Um, we also learned about the Moonshade Isles and a possible connection with the beacon of the Moonshade Isles. And more and more, we're beginning to believe that maybe these beacons or lighthouses may be somehow linked in one way or the other. Um, but the team also did some shopping where Earthen and Xanath uh, made their way uh, to do some shopping at the Brightfin's curation shop. And Puck and Spot are currently heading down into the markets of uh, Greater Draxelhaven, the Coral Markets, to hopefully get an opportunity to do some shopping of their own. It is our first day of arrival in Draxelhaven. Um, the team meeting up with Sibo and also learning that Karzan had survived the interlude of the rift, hiding down in the hold out of fear and concern that maybe they would be tossed overboard yet again to discover themselves in yet another place of existence. I did wonder what would happen if we folded the ship up with him inside. That I had an bad. idea. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he would have been like in a pot, like in a in a in a bag of holding situation. Or would he have just been, you know, juice coming out of this little toy oh. boat, you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh maybe. Um, although Winter was left behind in the guest chambers with, mm -hmm. um, I believe, with Punch. It turns out that the guest chambers are magically induced with the ability to create an atmospheric 
um, environment, allowing the air breathers and water breathers to kind of coexist. Uh, but the team have been taking some time, learning more about Traxelhaven, shopping. It's midday. It's always hard to calculate yeah. the day when you're underwater, but we'll we'll call it midday. Puck and Spot descending down into the coral markets. Zenith and Earthen um, uh, just wrapping up their activities at the Brightfin's curation shop. It's half day. Um, Spot and Puck, give me perception checks as you begin to descend down into the coral markets. All right. Mm-hmm. Apologies if this is more uh, tinny and loud away. and cold. Tinny, loud, cold, and I'm on a not great touch screen with very cold hands. That is an unnatural. Hey, the audio has been great so far. Yeah. Uh, 18. 18. Nice. Spot, what'd you get? Unnatural 20. An unnatural 20. Mm -hmm. Dirty 20. Filthy 20. Uh, Disgusting. So as the two of you are descending down um, into the coral market, um, most of the stalls and shops and uh, structures uh, uh, of trade, while there seems to be a large central trading house in the very middle made of coral and other organic material that make up the kind of way the city is built, um, For the first time, the two of you see others similar to yourself in humanoid form. Um, And they seem to be involved in the markets. And rather than their water breathing being affected by the gill effect that you guys currently have from SIBO, they have um, bubbles of air that enwrap their face, which you know to be another version of magical underwater breathing. Um, You can see a handful of dwarfs, um, some humans, elves, just kind of mixed in the crowd. But they're they're wearing attire that give you the idea that maybe they represent guild houses. Like they're here for the purposes of the market. While the majority of the traffic of people swimming in and out of all the different market stalls is merfolk and other mer-type creatures, um, the stalls seem to be split into two specific categories. One half of the market seems to be the remnants of salvage. Like maybe during their travels, they find underwater ruins or ships or whatever, and they kind of salvage what they can and resell here what they think they can sell. The other half of the market is broken up into stalls that are selling a lot of undersea related material, craft work, Um, and other kind of like artisan style crafts. While here, the central trading house, the coral house that's in the middle, a four-story structure dominates kind of the the overall impression of the markets. The open water kind of feel of the market, the people here feel a little bit more welcoming, a little less kind of pretentious, as you would say, compared to the folks that you've dealt with so far near the more kind of like prestigious title council residential area. Um, Here, this feels like the merfolk that just kind of 
inhabit the day-to-day -day activity of the of, of the of, of what goes on here. Um, is there anything in particular that the either of you are looking for at this point? I'd I'd be looking sorry interested for something that can either increase the number of hits I can land uh, per action or something to make me a little bit tougher. Just something okay. to increase my armor class. All right. Pocket, anything you're potentially looking for? I think Puck is just incredibly curious about finally being in this terrain. Mm. Um, and also a little curious about the food. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is strange being in an underwater city where you can't really quite smell anything or, like, get a feel for, like, you know, what's going on down here. I mean, you could... You can see people taking like a harvested shellfish and harvested, you know, underwater creatures, whether they're large creatures or small creatures, kind of being butchered or, you know, prepared for those that want to take food. You're not really sure how they cook food down here or even if they bother to cook food down here. In fact, Puck, you see two very awkwardly placed stalls side by side. There's maybe a dozen or so merfolk kind of lounging along this like coral uh, banister or coral shelf. Um, and behind them, you could see laid out on coral on another coral shelf, perfectly curated like thin slices of fish um, and other things. Um, and you could see that behind that shelf, it looks like a chef or a cook, a merfolk is kind of taking a version of sushi and sashimi and kind of presenting it. And people are like, just taking the thin slices of fish raw, and like popping it in their mouths. And you can see the bubble trails coming up from their gills. Um, so you begin to notice some other stalls doing similar activity, but with shellfish. And then maybe some other stalls doing similar activity, um, kind of carving off raw, you know, a meat from large, like there's this one where it's just this, 30 foot long shark behind the chef. And then every now and then he turns around, they turn around, they like take a, a, a 12 inch, like thin slice of meat off the shark and move it and start cutting it thinly and like present it on a piece of coral slab to the three merfolk that kind of talking to each other in their underwater tones, um, as well as using their telepathic tones to communicate with each other and just kind of enjoying their meal. It, it, feels like the way that they eat and what they do here is all about the environment that they're immediately in. And they seem to interact with that environment in a very organic kind of way for the most mm. part. Um, did you want to join any of these current, current eateries or? Uh, yeah, I would love to try some shark. Okay. <laughs> so you head over to one of the stalls with some merfolk. You kind of, um, just kind of float in between some empty spaces in front. Um, off to your left, you watch as Spot drifts towards a coral um, stall where they seem to be selling salvage trinkets. They kind of just salvage shinies that just kind of catch his eyes. So he heads over that way to um, take a look. Um, you kind of like sit up to the bar and you're kind of looking. Telepathically, you can hear the curiosity of the merfolk. They kind of like smile at you and kind of nod, um, not really feeling shocked. You even get the feeling that they're a little bit more into the idea that you're there because you've gone with the gills 
instead of the aeration effect. So they're, you know, they're kind of, you know, you hear like a, a feminine voice in your head. I love your gills. They look amazing. Are you here to try some shark? And you know, it's one particular merfolk. She's got long uh, dark hair and uh, kind of just uh, wearing the typical adornments that the merfolk wear. And she's smiling as she's like being telepathic with you. It's a little off-putting because, you know, their mouths don't really move. They're not making conversation or anything. But uh, it's like, you must try the bluefin. It's amazing. And we also do what's called a wiggly shrimp. They serve it to you alive and you peel it and you eat it while it's still moving. It's quite wonderful. Very sweet to the taste. Oh, that sounds amazing. Hey, um, uh, Scaleback, would you bring our new friend? Uh, what's your name, by the way? My name is Puck. What's your name? Oh, uh, my name is Finlin. Good to meet you. Um, oh, I, I really do hate to apologize. I apologize for this, but uh, uh, what are you exactly? You know, I go by many names. Uh, some might say Gnome. Others might say... Um, uh, tiger. <laughs> Finn was like, I, I'm confused. Tiger. Oh. See. <laughs> I, I, so you are a gnome then? Um, I, I am. Do you get many, I guess? I, I don't guess. even know. This is the first time I've ever seen a gnome. Oh, well, I, what, th- I believe... What what makes you a gnome? How does that work? Is it your size? Is it your what you are? I, I don't. What makes you a gnome? Actually, I'm uh, I'm intrigued. And you watch as she goes over and takes a thin slice of shark meat and pops it into her mouth as she's just kind of like talking to you in your head. Ooh, what does shark taste like? Well, yeah, and she like slides the. Um, piece of coral tray over to you with um, bits of shark meat um, splayed out. Oh, you must try these. These are lots of fun. We call them pickup sticks. And she hands you these two six-inch long coral sticks that she holds them in between her fingers and shows you how they work. And they're pretty slight of hand. So you grab them and get the feel for it. And you kind of pick up a piece of shark and pop it in your mouth. It's salty, but earthy. There's this kind of pleasant flavor to it. Um, uh, you you watch as the chef is kind of like eagerly awaiting your response and the mer the, the chef is just kind of looking at you with wide eyes, wondering what you think. I give like an emphatic two thumbs up. <laughs> Amazing. They oh, all, yeah, they all look at each other and there's like a crescendo of voices in your head. What does that mean when you put your thumbs up like that? Ah, it means it's excellent. Oh, good, good. She, she likes it. You are a she, right? It, I've never met the gnome before. Are you a she, a he, a they, a there? You're... I'm a she. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. Some gnomes have beards, I think, and are she's, so, you know, we have well, a... We've noticed that dwarves have beards of both sexes as well. Humans are strange, however. They... they you know many humans. A few. Wow. Well, you must introduce them to us when you get the chance. And they kind of just like, 
Yeah, they just kind of descend into small talk with you, and food is being brought over, and like other forms of shark meat and other kinds of natural, like fish like meat that is being kind of uh, cut up into small um, uh, pieces for you to consume. But then more and more folk come in, kind of picking up on the jovialness of the conversation. Um, you also realize they don't drink here. Like there's no sense of drinking until them pick up a large urchin. The chef takes a thin kind of coral straw, a hollowed out piece of coral, slams it into the body of the sea urchin, begins to shake the sea urchin almost like a coconut, like you've seen in the aisles, and puts it in front of you and proceeds to do that for all the others. The Finland looks at you and goes, oh, you'll, you'll love that. It's quite tasty, actually. Ooh, yay. <laughs> I think Huck just has a good time eating food and, and talking to folk, but I do want to ask them if they've seen other uh, land dwellers before on the in their uh, underwater world. Well, I mean, we don't really call you land dwellers. We call you bipeds because um, you have those strange things that come off your body. Um, and your natural lack of respect for the for the waters of the world but not all are the same we understand that um you're our first individual that we've entertained in this way most most of the bipeds that come down here are members of the trades and the trades house there the coral house um they come there they place their orders take what they want and kind of leave they don't really interact with us like you're doing right now Oh no, you haven't even seen the um, the people who come here regularly as part of the exchange program, I believe it was called? Well, they call it that, but we should call it what it is. If they're brought in as prisoners, they rarely get to stay. They usually get sent back. Um, sometimes people come down here for purposes of study. We... Um, Duke, you know, we collect a lot of information over the years and over our travels, and sometimes we store it in the um, in the Shell Academy over on the other side of uh, Haven there. Um, it just depends on why people come down here. Most people, I think, are too fearful to come down. I think they're um, of the mindset that uh, we're in an environment that's very unforgiving if you're not very good at either spells or understanding how to coexist with this environment. And we don't really stay in one place for very long. We traverse the depths of the Lucidian Sea between uh, the Vale and uh, uh, deep into Menagerie Coast waters, as well as out as far as Marquesian waters, depending on the season and when we travel. Um, but we're certainly grateful that you've decided to join us at Rarely ever happens, to be honest with you. No, we're grateful to be able to join you guys. So you travel through the Vale regularly. Well, it's not that we travel through it as much as we travel to it. Um, some of our holy people are responsible for guiding and aiding those that sometimes need to travel through the Vale. But 
The beacon usually is the best way to get there when they do decide to go. Um, sometimes ships that want into the Vale are guided by um, uh, guardians that use their blue whales as ways to guide them in. Uh, this, we call them the Sea Watchers. Um, we view ourselves as caretakers to the Vale, making sure that people that come and go there are limited respectful and more importantly her telepathic mind kind of realizing that she's allowed the other folks that are the merfolk that are there to converse and therefore she's allowed her mind to be consumed by their conversation so they're picking up on the conversation spot doesn't know this conversation is going on because he's already drifted they've already drifted down into the market stall and they're kind of examining these different um, items that are kind of hanging and well, things don't hang as much as they float, but they're attached to like items that, that keep them from floating away pretty much, you know? So he's like, um, they just are just kind of like going through the devices that they can see, but they don't know what you're saying. Like this conversation is strictly to you and the other, maybe five or six merfolk that are here. Finland kind of looks at you, um, but then picks up on the notion of another merfolk. And then another kind of like slight um, uh, male mer merfolk, looking very young for what you could tell from merfolk. But he's got a very thin, kind of wispy, gingery beard and um, kind of uh, one eye is red and one eye is yellow. And kind of, once again, the organic adornments of the underwater existence on him. And he goes, well, there was that one strange humanoid that was down here one time. Remember? Finland goes, oh, yes, of course. What was that fellow's name? Uh, the other one goes, um, started with an M. I don't really recall much beyond that. Um, his, his name almost sounded like uh, a reference to like Manheim? Manage or something like that. I don't really remember. He was definitely crafted in spells. He was quite good at it, actually. Is that person familiar to you? I have heard that name before. He seems to have traveled quite a bit uh, within the Vale, and I have heard that he was a powerful druid that was rumored to communicate with your kind as part of his travels through the veil. Do you know much about him? Um, not really. He came here with the idea of, um, he was searching for something. Um, he called it a bridge among worlds is what he was referred to it as. Uh, supposedly some device that could allow him to travel in between um, different planes of existence. Um, merfolk don't really have such knowledge of magical devices. We tend to only worry about things of organic nature, organic origin for the most part. Um, but he stayed for a couple days. I think he was here, oh, I don't know, well over a month or two ago. Hard to know as time passes. That's something that we pay attention to. Um, other than that, didn't really know much more about him other than his natural curiosity amongst, amongst the relics and some of the or the, the stalls and some of the other specialty shops that cater in um, uh, reliquy. 
Do you know which stalls he went to? I believe he, the main stall that he thought was, in, or the main shop that he thought was important, um, he visited Brightfin's um, curation shop. Brightfin's curations? Yes. Well, if a bipedal like him found something there, maybe a bipedal like me will too. Oh, yes, he does sell very interesting things. He prefers trade over most things, to be honest with you. But, well, finish finish your meal with us. We'd love to hear all about your adventures. And, it, you know, another urchin with a straw in it kind of comes over to you. And see people like drinking freely, eating. They're all kind of having a crowded conversation in your head, like asking you all these questions about where you're from, how come this and that, you know, just kind of this back and forth playing out. Can I tell them an extremely embellished version of the t dead T-Rex story that makes me appear a lot more heroic than I maybe appeared in that time? Yeah, give me persuasion or, or give me performance for starters. Not a great performer. <laughs> That's a six. That's Wait, a I have D6 inspiration from last time. Can yeah, I? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, that's a five, so that's a little better. That's an eleven. A lot better. Enough that you don't have disadvantage on your <laughs> persuasion check. So give me a regular persuasion check. I'm also not very persuasive. <laughs> that's a six. That's a six. You get the feeling that they are nodding cordially, being excited on purpose because they don't want to be rude. They definitely find your story entertaining, but they also find it equally hard to believe. It's almost like, you know, the more you eat, the more you drink, the more the party atmosphere is, the more that they're like, oh, she's just trying to fit in. Oh, well. No. Oh, no. You know? no. <laughs> I'm cool, I promise. <laughs> I'm way cooler than that. But you've been looking at like three or four different stalls. Um, one stall definitely gets your attention as it is a kind of like older looking merfolk. He's kind of covered in remnants of the jewelry that he's kind of selling at his stall. But as you go through it, you're seeing all sorts of worldly craft. You're seeing craftsmanship that's coming from Dwendal. You're seeing craftsmanship that comes from Taldori, coming from, you know, Marquesia and uh, Isilra. He's selling all sorts of different kind of very finely crafted uh, bits and bobs of jewelry. Um, the elderly merfolk kind of telepathically connects with you. Um, is it okay that I speak to your mind, furry creature? Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, that, that, that's fine. Um, you, the, you swim very kind of, awkwardly. Are you okay? No, not really. This is, um, th this isn't fun. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Normally, I'm normally By the way, if more, you um, don't mind me asking, what are you? Never I, seen you like before. I'm I'm a tabaxi. Um, I, I imagine you don't get a lot of me. We're uh, and it's you know? like as you're telepathically communicating with him, and you're trying to balance in the water. You're kind of like 
turning around while talking in your mind and then kind of free floating and bobbing, trying to get, um, and, and the Murphy, I'm the seal jip is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> and the Murphy goes, well, my name is Pearlescent. Um, it's good to meet you. I, I want to stare at you. Would you stop bobbing around like that? You know, just, <laughs> we're, we're not, we're, we're not naturally aquatic creatures. Is there, just, it, I kind of look, is there, uh, like a, uh, a, a ring or like a handhold or something that I can maybe like get my tail in just to anchor myself. Yeah. Like your, your tail kind of wraps around the edge of his market stall. That's made of coral and it keeps you from like, and instead of turning and free forming and bobbing and moving, you're more like just kind of, you know, sitting there going up and down and kind of, you know, um, you're able to look at him when he's telepathically like communicating with you and he goes, I, I, I see that you've taken an interest in some of my items. Is, is there anything that I could possibly find for you? Well, um, I don't know anything about, uh, about your craft. Sorry, sorry about that. I'm normally much more more sure-footed than this. Um, wonder is terrible. I don't know how you people do this. Um, <laughs> but, First um, of all, not people. That's a start. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what What is your preferred term of address? I, I, no, um, no. Uh, we prefer merfolk or okay. um, waterfolk or um, or you can call me Pearl. Oh, Pearl. I like that. That's a good name. Writing that down. But oh, uh, well, Thank you. Uh, I find it I, fascinating that you can write underwater. Anyways. I mean, it's, it's not, not that hard. You just have to like scratch things into <laughs> But, um, I was imagining like spot holding a piece of paper that's gradually getting soggy and just kind of floating away in his hand as he's trying to write on it. No, just like a slow, a rotting uh, like plague or something, just like causing yeah. runes into it. But um, okay, um, I don't know if this is a, a thing you'd have or not. Um, something that would make me a little bit more um, sure-footed or flippered or however however you want to phrase that underwater hurt, that would be nice. Or, um, again, I know it doesn't look like this. I am quite a dexterous kitty, um, in, in the, in the air. Um, but I'm kind of limited. Uh, if, if you have anything that could make it so that I could like, I don't know, punch things faster. That would be, that'd be cool too. Oh, or even your, just like, uh, like your main cloth defense then your, your hands. I, I could not hear you. Can you say that again? Is that your main form of defense then? Your hands? Uh, a defense and attack. Um, I'm again in the air. I'm quite hard to hit. Not not so much under here. I, I acknowledge that. I was curious. Those things sticking out of your fingers or hands or whatever. What are those? Are those your claws? Those are my claws. Um, yeah. Uh, I was in uh, a gnome city. I was in gnome works. And I was talking to the Underdwell, and they gave me this cool bottle of, like, some kind of Quicksilver solution, and they coated my claws in it, and now I can do this. Um, is there something you don't care about at all here that I can see for a second? Um, certainly. Picks up, like, a piece of coral ballast and, like, hands it over to you. Just kind of daintily pick it up in one hand and just, like, with one claw, just, just straight through. Yeah, it just goes right through. It goes, oh, fascinating. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, this stuff's quite... really cool. Do those claws grow in naturally? Well, um, I naturally have claws, and they're very sharp without this. Um, I've had them for, I don't know, a week-ish. 
from what I understand, this inhibits their ability to grow. So if anything what happens, about to your them, feet? I, they have claws. About my feet? Yes. I, I have them, yes, but um, I mean that that's not I don't do a lot of attacking or defending with my with my feetsies. Do your so, claws grow in on your feet, however? They they do, yes. Interesting. I would be willing to trade. I think I have something in mind that you'd enjoy, but I would like to have some of your claws, if you wouldn't mind. Um, so here's the thing. I'm okay with that. Do you have healing magic? Because my claws grow back, but this is literally bone. Like, um, Oh no, I don't want you to extract I them. I want you to just trim off maybe about an inch of each of the claws. Oh, okay, okay. I just, I wanted to make sure you weren't trying to declaw me, because that's, that is a that's quite a fear among my people. Yeah, that's fine, absolutely. Oh, decline. People do that. I, they're, they're monsters. People don't understand tobacco. Oh. Yeah, well, I could, I could, I barely understand you, so I can understand that. Um, anyways, I do have an item here that I found in an old shipwreck during our time off the Marquesian coast. Um, I want to say it was a ship that had suffered a raid or uh, being affected by some pirates from, are you familiar with an island called Darktoe? Um, can I do a history check just to see yeah. something? Yeah. Let me do that. History. Uh, that's an eight. Hmm. Well, you have no idea what he's talking about. Pirates you've heard of, but Darktoe's kind of not on your, not a place that you've been to yet, or you've heard about it, but... You're not really all that familiar with the 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 idea of the pirates of Darktoe. They sound like fun. I mean, like I'm familiar with piracy, but I can't say that I've heard of these particular individuals. No. Well, I think this must have been a treasure ship that they had sunk because we've recovered quite a bit of gems, jewels, and coin. Um, but I came across some interesting pieces of jewelry as well. Um, I have a necklace that one of my magic-wielding friends identified for me. If you put this necklace on and you attune to it, um, once per day, as a reaction, uh, you can take the attack action. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, do you have any other things kind of in that vein? Um that's my most powerful thing I have. Most of everything else is like a bit mundane. I do have another necklace, more of a brooch really than a necklace, um, that uh, has healing and regenerative uh, properties. Um, I have some um, bracelets that you wear. Um, they allow your hands to move faster. Um, oh, I do have braces of haste if you're so inclined. What, what what are these uh, the bracelets of of haste and the uh, uh, the is, are those the same thing as the bracelets that you just mentioned? Is that just different? Ways oh no, the same thing? Well, the bracelets that move make you move faster um, okay. allow you to turn your bonus action into an extra attack action. The cool. brooch um, allows you to regenerate your health over time. 
The first necklace I mentioned allows you to use your reaction as an attack action. Um, but no, these particular braces, if you are familiar with the spell haste, you can invoke them as a bonus action and you can be hasted for up to a minute when you invoke these braces. They do come with the consequence of what haste happens to do to you when the effect does wear off as well. And all of my items that I sell do require attunement. Uh, I think I'm interested. Sorry, it's kind of hard. Again, I'm in a really bad place for being able to actually review my character sheet at the same time. <laughs> and I do take coin. Gems, jewelry, other things of trade. I'd be more than happy to take some of this as trade for your toenail clippings. I've got an interesting idea for those. Okay. Um, I'll be honest, like, or nearly I'd be interested in the, uh, the bird or the, the research that you had that could turn a, uh, a bonus action into a, a normal attack action. But my issue there is I'm already, um, I'm a monk. I know that if if you talk to any of my companions, they, they yeah they, they shut up constantly. But I can basically <laughs> already kind of do that. So hmm, I am interested in the uh, the the birth of regeneration. That sounds interesting. Oh well, cool. See, so reaches down and opens up a kind of like platinum box with a neatly folded up piece of jewelry inside of it. Pulls it out and. Um, the brooch is actually a emblem of the um, of the wild mother. Um, the chain is made of gold and platinum, um, and he basically says, "Well, once you attune to this, um, as long as you're wearing it, uh, uh, you automatically regenerate twelve hit points per round." Ooh, um, I'm quite interested in that. I will happily take that off your hands. Uh are, is my Quicksilver solution and my clippings was that is that enough to cover that or would you be looking for Oh, that would be things? perfect. Yes, thank you. Ooh. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, you did mention that that needs to be attuned, which I'm fine with. I do have this other thing. Um, I don't. I don't. Haven't gotten much use out of it, but I have a ring of resistance. Can you tell me what you might be able to give me for this? A ring of resistance. Is it specific or? Um, it has, I can pick a type of, uh, magic oh, cool. to be, and to be resistant against until the, uh, the next, it, it's really hard to do this in character, <laughs> but yeah, but essentially it grants me resistance to a type of magic and I can, uh, I have three charges on it. So as soon as that oh, hits, it can be recharged. I can easily yes, take that towards yes, my magic. It, it recharges thing. daily. Oh, daily it recharges. Yes. Oh, fascinating. What do I have in comparison to that? He starts looking around and he goes, I wonder. don't really have much of a use for it. I don't even know what it does. And you watch as he reaches down into a pile of stuff and pulls out of it a perfectly intact crystal ball. 
and he holds it in front of you, and it's completely transparent, except for this arcing of light in the middle of the crystal ball, and he goes, none of my magic friends have been able to identify this thing. They do claim it to be magical. Um, it's a crystal ball. I feel like you are one that is quite curious about things. I am. I have no idea what that is, but I want it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> it might as well be a giant ball of yarn, I think. Yeah, exactly. How do you know what yarn is? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Like, well, like a giant ball you of yarn, you know, a, a big ball of stories. Giant, oh, okay. giant yeah. ball of yarn. You, you tell a yarn, of course. Big ball of stories. Oh, that... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he just kind of smiles. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you you can have this. Fair trade. Okay. You take the crystal ball and I get the ring then. That sounds... Uh, absolutely. This sounds great. Uh, I'm going to go... Wait. All right, all right. So let me uh, unattune from my ring here. It is all yours, friend. Like, yep. Thank you. Anyway, it's fine. Very awkward you're cutting out really bad. I cannot hear you at all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if that was just me or if that was, yeah. Is like it your, now? Your voice sound like you got about 20 feet away from your mic and then move right back yeah, up to it again. Exactly. Let me do this. How's that? Is that any better? That's a lot yeah, better. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe, so my son was down by my mixing board the other day and I think he might have reset a lot of my slide bars. So Ooh. suddenly I, I was like, oh, that, I don't remember that being that far down. And I'm like, oh, there we go. I think that, is that better? Yes. Can you hear me now? Okay. Can you hear me now? 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 So with that, you trade the ring for the crystal ball. Um, Earthen and Xanath, what are you doing with the second half of your day at this point? You've just left Bright Fins and you have the rest of Haven to explore. What would you guys like to do? So did we leave Brightfins without any of the stuff? No, I think you took it with you, didn't you? Well, we well, didn't make we never finished the sale. It. <laughs> oh, were we? Oh, that's right. We're supposed to do the trade then, weren't we? Yeah. Because he only does trades. So right now, yeah, you, you guys are in the middle of your barter with Brightfin. That would explain mm -hmm. why I have that asterisk there. Okay, cool. That I was confused by that when I was renewing my when I was reviewing my notes this morning. I'm like. Why? I'm pretty sure that we were done. I thought they, you know, I thought you guys were done, and then we finished with uh, a spot and puck heading over uh, to the to the coral market. So, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so, Bright Finn, looking across all the stuff in front of you and looking at you. So, what shall we trade? That's right, because you guys were bickering about the anvil, weren't you? Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine to give away the anvil. I, I don't. It's, a, it's an anvil. We're not giving away the anvil. So the question is, well, pony up the magic <laughs> item because I'm taking the shoes off. I got fancy shoes. I don't give it those away. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Zenith. Um, can I? Offer you a chance to see through the ethereal plane. 
Give me persuasion on that one. Not my strongest skill. <laughs> I, I, I have to inspire that because that, okay. I, that I didn't think of it. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. All right. Well, that's a, it's a three plus uh, three. You can add a D12 to that though. Oh yeah, I'll definitely. I'll add a D4 and I'll add a D12. All right. So I'm up to 10 with my D4 and with the D12. Oh, that's a six. So I'm a uh, 16. I think that would be marvelous. What shall I do with this ability? What could I, what would I do with this ability? I, oh my, there are so many things. Um, would you perhaps like to try a place that uh, is so starved of water, even the dragons hoard water as wealth? No, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> I mean, when's your chance to ever visit there again? Plus, this dragon scale has come from such a place. It would really help her to get you there. Oh. Imagine oh. what you could trade for if you were to show up there with water. So what I'm offering him is true sight, which is basically the ability just to see through the ethereal plane and like see through any magical effects for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could plane shift him to. Yeah, that's, I mean that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what what are you guys up. trading for again? Because I've got a grocery list here. Yep, it's yeah. a grocery list. The, the whalebone loot. Okay. The circle of Merfolk, circlet of Merfolk's grace. And I would love to have the mantle of the sentinel. I've got that on here too. Circlet of the tidal mind. The Dwindalian bracers of deflection. And you you wrote all the detail down, right? I've got all the details. I was okay, in this. I've got a list of a thousand things here. I don't want to have to go back through again. I honestly put asterisks on the uh, item completion list. That's what two weeks will do to you. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I wrote down all the uh, the mantle of the sentinel. Okay. Yep. The guardian's amulet, which is yes. the the amulet that gives the plus five AC, but also has some creepy soul inside of it that's not happy. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, there's an, a very unhappy sentient entity in the uh in the in the gem. Mm -hmm. I really hope you guys get that to tally. <laughs> I really hope Puck gets She doesn't that. need any I mean, more entities in her head. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what yeah. happens when the great old one comes in contact with a cursed gem. I just <laughs> <laughs> And then the last one was Ring of Elemental Resistance, but we haven't necessarily said like, oh yeah, give me that one. Right, um, right. But that was the last item that we looked at, at least. Uh, the loot for sure, uh, the two circlets, the bracers and the mantle and the necklace, I think were all we're looking to trade for. Okay. It's a lot. Or what I'm looking to trade for. It's a lot, yeah. Well, uh, but I do have some wondrous boots. Granted, they're boots. He kind of looks at your boots and then looks at the fins on his merfolk body. Oh, well, not all customers are merfolk. And he kind of takes a look at them, sets them on the counter. Yeah, uh, those are my boots of speed, I believe, that I got. I've had those forever and barely used them. Okay. Well, it's a lot for me to think about, especially the idea of uh, true sight for an hour. And then you mentioned something about traveling to other planes of existence. Hmm, yeah, yes. Uh, I, I, I can. We can go there. Uh, we have to go together. I can take you there. Uh, and uh, when I, you know, obviously when I cancel the spell, it's it's done. But uh, yeah. 
I know of a place where there's a shipwreck that I can't quite get to because of where it's located. Do you think you'd be able to help me with that if I gave you a proper description and understanding of where it might be? Uh, I, I believe so. That's, uh... Is it on another plane? To be honest with you, I could describe where I think it is, but I'm not sure if it... I know it's not on this plane of existence. I do know it sits somewhere else. Uh, I think if you know the destination or something close to it, I should be able to get us there, yes. What if I have a piece of it? And he, like, pulls this, like, uh, uh, kind of piece of rusted metal uh, with a bit of rotted wood attached to it and sets it on the counter. I bought this from a gentleman, oh, about a year ago. And he said that this was a remnant of a very important treasure ship that was trapped somewhere. He gave me a general description of where it was trapped. Perhaps if I read you his notes, you'd be able to help me understand this? Of course, read away. Um, as he begins to read through the notes, um, you and Xanath can give me history checks to see if it sounds familiar. That is a 26. Uh, 28, sorry, with my modifier, 28. Okay, what'd you get, Xanath? 11. Well, it doesn't really sound overly familiar to you, Xanath. Earthen? He's describing Shadowfell. Ooh. Okay. More importantly, he's describing a very ancient dead city within Shadowfell. One that Vecna attempted to ascend with. You, you said a ship, but the place you're describing, it's, it's not a ship. It's a place. No, I was told that it's the ship not was a happy place. There. It's how I. Ah, uh, what to what degree of death do you wish? <laughs> oh, not that I. This is not a threat. This is not a threat. This is just my my. General knowledge of the place you're describing is there's so much death there, and you would know its name is Amphala. Yeah, uh, I, I believe you're describing Amphala. Amphala. There is so much death there, so so much death. Well, unfortunately, the shipwreck was described as located in that particular place. Is it possible maybe the ship itself is physically there and we could limit our journey to where the ship may be and avoid this city that you call Amphala? We, we, we could certainly try. Um, I would recommend bringing as much magic. What, what the, your strongest magic items that you could, uh, that you could, wield yourself uh, because certainly me and my cleric friend here going with you would not be enough to completely satisfy this whole um, this whole 
deal. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you keep supplies in the cabinet behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that lifted up. That's hysterical. It's, I thought, uh, yeah, it's just a card. It's like a box with a map. <laughs> so it's like a flattened cardboard box. Yeah. Oh, that's hysterical. On a bookshelf. <laughs> um, so we, yeah. Um, let, let me let me look a little bit at how fast I could get out of this place if we go there, uh, because this is not a this is not a concentration spell. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I can I can cast us in and cast us out of there. I believe so. It could be very quick then. It, it, depending on where we land, yeah, it's going to be real quick. Interesting. If we land in the wrong spot, I, I'm popping right back out of there. Fair. Fair. I do have some polymorph potions saved up. I can turn myself into a humanoid creature to travel. Um, I tell you what. Between barring Xanath's true vision or true sight for an hour, that'll help me in making some discoveries on some things that I have Acquired in the recent months, that would be very helpful. The boots of speed, and then the guidance and uh, assistance to this Amphala place in the Shadowfell, as you say, to try to find the shipwreck that I bought information to. I like this. This is a good trade. And he slides all of the devices over to you. Are you sure I can't convince you in regards to that anvil? We're uh, sure. I'm going to roll insight. <laughs> I'm going to roll insight on his uh, willingness to go to this place. By the way, too. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. this guy is starting. He seemed really cool, and now he's starting to sketch me out. <laughs> uh, it wasn't. A is that always the case with my NPCs? <laughs> they always seem to start out kind of cool, uh, unless you're Sibo. Sibo <laughs> seems to be Teflon. Yeah, uh, that's a uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Difficult to read. Um, telepathic creatures in general are always kind of difficult to read because mm -hmm. they don't have much body flexion or facial um, um, inflections. Um, nothing. I mean, probably the only thing that you find a little interesting is he does have quite a few powerful objects here, like. There's a sense that he may be older than he seems. And there's a sense that maybe he um, isn't quite letting in on everything that he's capable of doing. Like, he feels okay, but you're right. There's something underlying there that feels like he's not really being all that honest. Uh, I'm going to... Kind of like, as as well as one can lean in the water, uh, like drift <laughs> back towards Xanth. Or the like awkwardly like, bumps into you. Is that like, oh, sorry, I was trying to lean towards you. The like, physics out here like a, is a little topsy turvy. Closing like a one way uh, communication between us, like focusing very intently, like, you know, something's not up here if we need to get out. I can get us out and leave him there if it looks like it's going to be bad like that. Sounds like a plan. This is this your spell where if we take a point of damage, we are bamfed out. Nope. 
picked or up a new one. Use that one. Oh, I, that one takes a lot more preparation to end time. Uh, and I don't think we can always bring stuff in and out. This would be a legitimate plane shift, and uh, we can I can I can cast it twice, so I can okay. get us there and I can get us back. Okay. I can get us there and I can get us back. So again, if he if if this guy goes AWOL, because something's he's not telling us the whole truth right now. Um, and maybe we can leverage that against him for this. But uh Yeah, I can leave him there if I have to. Yeah, this stuff is is valuable and I want it, but let's keep an eye on him. And we're limited on time. We can't we can't spend days in the shadow fell, nor I think would we want to. No, not at all. And you would know enough about the shadow fell earth and like spending like 10 or 15 minutes. There is the equivalent of spending like two or three hours there. Two or three it's hours. Just, yeah. It's just as like topsy turvy as the Fae. Yep. It's just a evil version of that. Mm. It, it's a or more dark, dark, dark version. version. Yeah. yeah. Like, where the Fae is all about color and vibrancy, the Shadowfell is all about grays and, and you know, uh, just the f- overwhelming feeling of just sadness and, and, and not fun. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe versus Lewis Carroll. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I'm going to... Where can we go on this little journey? Um... So this place, time time's a little funny there, so we'll need to make it quick, first and foremost. Um, 10 to 15 minutes there, we're looking at two to three hours here. Oh so, my. yes, are you willing to close your shop for that amount of time? Secondly, I would like to pick your brain a little more before we go. No, we could do that. If you'd like, we could um, go over to the Coral Markets. There's a wonderful little eatery, a series of eateries down there. Um, uh, oh, you're, you're, you're human. Um, I, do you like raw fish? Food's food. Oh, that's... Will it kill me? Will it kill me? Oh, I don't think so. It's quite tasty. Okay. We're good? Like, if I if I take a bite of this food and it kills me, you can... You're ready? Right, <laughs> <laughs> Finn, like, looks over, um, kind of swims over to two other people, two of the other merfolk. They exchange words, or you're guessing they exchange conversation. They're telepathic as well. Right, Finn comes back. Uh, he's got, he, he puts on a kind of like coral satchel over his, his shoulder. Um, he's got a couple translucent bottles on his belt. Um, he's also kind of like um, uh, carrying a couple small, empty sacks in his left hand and he goes well and he kind of stuffs them in his belt let's go over to the tipperary and steaks um let's let's get some eats over at the market house um i know some good places um and then from there i can find us a secure location upon which to travel to the Shadowfell. i'm much intrigued and of course we could spend a short time eating a meal and you can how did you describe it? Pick my brain. I believe is how you described it. That sounds terribly painful and exciting at the same time. 
it, it could be both. So, as the two of you begin swimming with Brightfin, out of the upper tier of the more private and illustrious kind of shop centers that sit up in the coral embankments up in the Haven, he begins to swim down towards the center. And you can see this five-story coral structure that's kind of like surrounded by all these smaller coral structures. Are you going to love this place? They serve the best shark. It's so tasty. And as he leads you down into these stalls, there you could see Puck, um, surrounded by merfolk. Um, <laughs> she is telling them about this amazing story where she single-handedly killed six undead T-Rexes, saved the world from everything, <laughs> banished a fire titan, slaughtered gnomes by the millions because they were so evil upon the world. Um, and and just... I did it all by myself. <laughs> wow. I'm going to walk behind her, and that's why they call her Kinsplayer. <laughs> this is walk you speak of. As, no, you my know... fans. <laughs> Um, and you can see that the merfolk are just really enjoying it, eating it up. And w within a few moments, you see Spot come awkwardly, catty like cat paddling out of the stall. <laughs> you know, um, kind of a new brooch around their neck. And uh, Spot, as you come out of the stall, you can see Earthen and Xanath are now kind of tucked into the eatery where Puck is, and Brightfin is there. Brightfin has gonna... led everybody to this eatery as well. This I'm gonna I'm gonna just spot like this is what you look like. I'm gonna cast minor illusion and just make a like a an image of him doing that thing he was doing to get over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you look like right now. Oh, cool! Hey, Earthen, I'm going to just look at Earthen. I just I'm, I'm not most... making fun of you. I'm just this is what you look like right now. <laughs> I want. Oh, it, I would imagine Spot's special <laughs> way, like in Spot's special way, he just sees a tabaxi swimming perfectly. It's just gracefully. Just <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is watching the illusion, wondering what this amorphous ha hairy blob is doing, kind of teetering and tipping back and forth in the in the in the eddies of the water. <laughs> That's so gorgeous. Earthen, I think uh, one good term deserves another, and this is how I, I, I see you in my head. I'm going to project this silent image of exactly how I see Earthen, so just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> a human, like, like, a, like a street vendor caricature of a human, just, you know, buck-tooth, balding, like, shit. <laughs> you know, a bottle of, like... Yeah, with like three strings broken on it. It's just like, thank you. I'm gonna like look over it, look over it, uh, Xanth, and be like, you know, we could leave him in the shadow fell too. <laughs> Brightfin kind of looks at. Can I say that loud enough. I like, I project that to the group here, not like it wasn't right. just a one. I'm just looking at her when I project right, that. Right, right. Um, now that you guys are all together at the kelp and the kraken. Um, uh, Brightfin kind of orders food for everybody. You guys kind of um, join the kind of like jovial nature of the merfolk around you. Um, 
Brightfin orders up food that gets kind of placed around you as well. Um, and he just kind of looks over at you, Earthen. So he like slurps up some, uh, you know, some raw fish. And uh, what is this that you wanted to pick my brain? Before that, yes, these are shark fins, right? We're eating some shark here, right? Oh yes, this would be. I think it's Thresher on the menu um, today. Is what it looks like. How does the general feel about that? I, I heard that you know you have a general who is like a part shark. I think I've seen the guy before. Gorgrim, I believe is his name. Oh. How does he feel about the general mastication of his friends? To be honest, he doesn't really have any friends and most of us don't really care. Um, okay. He exists in his own special little world. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, you don't even need an insight check. There is disdain in his words like just that kind of feeling of somebody um and if you're allowing the telepathy to kind of be absorbed by the others that are nearby that were kind of part of puck's little eatery party they would all have similar looks of disdain on their face as well oh, not a not a popular guy i see not really hmm. bit of a warmonger if you ask me Oh, I've known a few of those. <clears throat> so. Like picking up uh, one of the, the shrimp that's still alive, you said? These things are alive while I eat them? Oh, yeah. These are amazing. You'll love it. No, man. These are great. Getting <laughs> 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 mouth open. <laughs> I, I've, <laughs> I've had... I've had where they've called it drunken shrimp before, where they were alive, but they were in like an alcohol sauce. So, uh, drunken oh. shrimp. Well, who in their right mind gets drunk with shrimp? It seems awfully strange. You didn't mention that they had claws. Well, you're not supposed to eat that claws. You're supposed to rip off their heads and eat the body while it's. I don't, I don't want to sit next to him now, and I'm not sure I want him to send me to another plane of existence. <laughs> so. Whoa, what? Tell me more about this shipwreck. Oh, well, about, oh, I want to say about a year ago, um, the uh, Draxel Haven had shifted off, off the Marquesian coast for a bit. Um... And uh, this fellow from Marquette had come down into Draxelhaven and bartered with me in regards to some iron tomes of information that I traded with him. Um, and uh, he said that he had a buyer for the tomes, but I don't really dabble in marketry or capitalism. I prefer trades. Barter is always my fave. Um, and... I said, well, what do you have for barter? And he said, well, I have a piece of the renowned missing fleet of the Zohashian Navy that went uh, uh, missing just before uh, the ascension or attempted ascension of Vecna. And he said that supposedly it's the flagship of the fleet um, and that all manner of interesting devices and wealth and other things were upon this vessel. Um 
it was, I believe it was called the Opal's Way or the Black Eye or something like that. I don't really remember the name of the ship, but the way he described it is a massive flagship filled with lots of interesting um, bits of wealth and design and things that might even have magical items within them as well. He said that unfortunately it was consumed by a magical storm and was cast into the Shadowfell. Um, supposedly it was part of the fleet um, uh, uh, many, many years before that had, um, well, done, arrived in Vasselheim off the coast of Isra in order to um, uh, participate in the defense of Vasselheim as, as Vecna was approaching. Of historic value. To be honest with you, even if it's not true, if I could at least, or if there's nothing of interest, if I could verify the connection to the actual vessel itself, I mean, perhaps I could sell it as a relic or get it interred up in Vasselheim as well. If could, I could I could I roll uh, history to see if I remember anything about that ship or about yeah, like absolutely. in my in my readings? Go for it. Like what might be on it because uh, maybe there's stuff I could pick up too or we could pick up too. That's a 26. 26. There was some historical literature that you came across um, during your travels because you're always trying to find information that either you could use to sell to other people or potentially uh, use to gather up info that you've been looking for. In fact, when you were trying to find a potential hiding place for your family, Isselra and Vasselheim did pop into your mind. So you had spent some time in Vasselheim, maybe a few months, uh, studying a lot of their local history. Um, and this fleet kind of makes sense. They're, the Zarhashian Navy, while contesting some of the... Um, uh, forces that had saddled up alongside Vecna's intent on Amphalia and, and uh, the Dark City being brought into existence, they'd sent out a small uh, fleet to help support Isolra um, in this. And they were going to deliver um, some pretty powerful items of reliquy that they thought would be helpful, as well as a contingent of about a thousand of the Bright Queen's most, you know, um, capable forces. It was known as the Dark Fleet, um, and the name of the flagship you remember as the Black Eye. Um, the Black Eye being the flagship of her personal admiral of the fleet. And it is said that during its journey trying to get to the seas and the, and the waters off the coast of Isora, that it had um, succumbed to some strange storm, never made it through the storm, and was never seen again. There are a lot of hearsay and conjecture in regards to, you know, whether or not the storm was magical, whether maybe it was something that Vecna had defended against, or something else had fallen ill to it. Um, but there is some truth to his story. He, there's some background that you know of. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That certainly sounds like the black eye I remember. Oh, so you've yeah. heard of it. 
I've read some about it. Your interest in this ship are purely economic? Economic, and I could sell the legacy of the information as well. Others may find it interesting to pay it a visit once it's properly located. Hmm. I'm going to uh, roll inside against them again. Okay. Uh, that was a better roll that time. That's a 23. He's being overly specific. Um, you get the feeling that the activity in the shop was mostly to get items into your possession so that he could let you ask him questions. He knows more about this than he's telling. Mm -hmm. He's trying to find someone who's capable of getting there. He knows what he's looking for. I'm going to uh, very awkwardly, because we're underwater, like sidle up to him and like put my arm around him. Oh, you don't want to go floating and, off. Uh, what are you really looking for? And just kind of squeeze him a little bit. Well, I don't know what I'm really looking for. Could we hear when you started pressing him? Yeah, like I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of yeah. like, I'm, I'm squeezing my arm around. I'm like, my strength is a minus five, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm more than willing to try anything exciting, but I'm not sure what you mean. Can I pop up a zone of truth? Yeah, I like that. It's invisible, right? Yeah, yeah. He can and save. I'm, I've got him distracted, right? So. Maybe. Yeah. So it's a charisma save of 18. That ain't going to do it. Um, <laughs> he's never cast this around any of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, he's kind of got this strange look on his face as he's like, he brings his hand uh, and kind of like swishes his tail back and forth like he's irritated. And he goes, um, yes, there is something I'm looking for specifically, and I know it's on that chip. It's a yeah. device. They call it the beacon. The beacon, as in the beacons that exist on Draxelhaven and everywhere else? No, I believe they call those lighthouses. This is something different. It's said that it can call to things. Or guide things to it. What is your interest in such an item? Kind of like doesn't want to answer. And he goes, this is so strange. I haven't drinking that much urchin juice. Um, I believe if you could figure out how it works, you can... Looks around. I don't know. I think it will allow you to speak to our turtle friend. I think it will allow you to speak to Draxel Bricks. Oh, why did I say that? That's all you that? want to do? My friend here can do that. <laughs> can do what? Speak to Draxel Bricks. No one can do that. Well, she certainly spoke to someone. He was not happy and told her to shut up and never come back. 
To be fair, he almost killed me, but yeah, no, that was fun. You've spoken to the creature that our home sits upon. Not even the title council can do that. How how did you accomplish such a feat? Honestly, I think it was dumb luck, and it didn't last long. I think if it sensed even an inch of malice and knowledge about him, beyond just the dumb luck that I had, he would have not just given me a pretty intense warning, he would have killed me. So I wouldn't recommend it, unless you have something worthwhile to say. But said the beacon can call to Draxelgrix, and once you establish that with him, it... Though some people here declare that he's a god, um, you're able to influence his mind and influence his ability to travel through city and sea, perhaps. Huh. What do you want him to do? It's not so much a matter of what I want him to do, but Mr. Sunscale of the Title Council has emboldened me with a task. Find a way to speak with Draxelgrix. I was honestly caught aback that we don't currently speak with him. Evidently, where we go is at the whim of Draxelgrix. That they've always told us for as far as I can think back that somehow the title council had some semblance of control over him. I, I, I don't believe that that's true. As he's as he's saying this, I'm gonna kind of like glance around at the other patrons, because I don't know that he's like directing this to us or if he's just kind of putting. They're that not out. paying attention. You get the feeling he's only directing it to you guys. Okay. Like he would not feel comfortable talking or telepathically having a conversation about this Does with the that... other folks that are here. Sure. That that's kind of what got me looking around. I'm like, yeah. This for real? <laughs> Does Puck know who he is? Did anybody like tell Puck that he's from uh, that he's Brightfin? Not yet. I, I don't think we mentioned it. Oh, uh, I think no. We probably would have said like, "Hey guys, it's our this guy Brightfin. We're gonna take him to the Shadowfell." <laughs> right? I mean, or did we just sit down? And we didn't introduce him. We just sat down and didn't introduce. Like we All sat right. down and started eating. Yeah. Who is um, this friend of yours? I oh, this asked. this Brightfin. No way. So, was Mannheim also interested in this device? Because I know he was a friend of yours. She says he that, looks, and I'm I'm dead eyeing. Yeah, like him, he looks over at, him at, right at Puck, and he goes, "As a matter of fact, he was, but I did not have the capacity or the capability to be able to tell him. How is it that you know of this Mannheim?" Oh, rumors do travel, you know, kind of a strange figure in this region. What does this beacon look like? Well, it's in the shape of a conch shell. It's said that in the interior of the conch shell is a large pearl that contains the original memories of Draxelgrix, which then allows you to connect with his mind. Um, some people call uh, the beacon... Um, the Eye, the Wandering Caller. Some call it the Voice of Dominion from time to time. Why do they call it that? <laughs> I really need you to make a deception check because <laughs> you're swimming in the midst of a zone of truth. Yes. 
<laughs> Do you want to make a charisma save? You could try to make it, you know, I know for a fact Puck is not that charismatic. So <laughs> you're more than welcome to make a charisma save, Puck, as well. But you do need to make a deception as well. Well, it's a 14 on charisma save. Uh, but do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. My <laughs> Why do none of my strength lie in basic human anything? <laughs> you have a bard for that. <laughs> Can I try swimming in front like uh, really awkwardly as like a uh, as a distraction? Like, oh god, why? Just to kind of. <laughs> oh, I will polymorph you into the smallest minnow. <laughs> you little fish. I, I love the image of Spot just kind of floating. Yeah, and just gently floating. <laughs> It's the room of all What did you get for deception? Oh, I got an eight. An eight? Not only not only does Earth and his death kind of look awkwardly in, in Puck's direction, but you guys notice that Puck's just very reactive to that name Dominion. Uh, very sure. reactive to it. Puck is somehow sweating underwater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see you see two types of water drift off of her face. <laughs> Oh wow! There is this juice is really making me. Oh, yes, I can't even lie. I'm not feeling or, sick. Or, you you or. recognize the name, Puck? I do. <laughs> Shit! Oh fuck! <laughs> I think can Puck recognize that she is in a zone of truth at this point? No, because you failed the roll. Had you succeeded in the roll, you would have recognized it. Uh but you also don't have to like answer. You could just not answer. I, I'm gonna just shove an inordinate amount of <laughs> meat in my mouth. <laughs> I feel like this is the scene in Liar Liar where he's like, yeah. <laughs> the pen is red. <laughs> blue. If only I was better at this. <laughs> well, let's take our five minute break. And when we come back, let's see what new information that we can learn about Mannheim the beacon and the need or the want to have to talk to Drexel Grix and Puck's unique ability seeming to be able to see where that takes us. <laughs> Oh, we're getting into some of the meat. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the let's don't die game. <laughs> There's that. There's that. There's, you know, some of this. It's, uh, this, I, like, you know, I picked up another fun spell that I would love to use. And oh, yeah, which one? Feeble Mind. Oh, yeah. But I only have one seventh level spell slot, so I'm going to have to use my eighth level spell slot to uh, get us back, or vice versa. So, but yeah. Yes. People Mind is tough. You blast the mind of a creature that you can see within range, attempting to shatter its intellect and personality. 
The target takes 46 psychic damage and must make an intelligence saving throw. On a failed save, the creature's intelligence and charisma score become a one. Oh my god, dude, that's terrifying. Can't cast spells, activate magic items, understand language, or communicate. Like, no matter what, they take damage. Like the, yeah, like the damage is regardless of the success or fail. Uh-huh. Um, the, the saving throw is strictly to determine if their intelligence and charisma drop to zero. Uh-huh. And at the end of every 30 days, 30 days, the creature can repeat its saving throw against the spell. Unless, or, of course, while they're under the effect, heal or wish, or if they're under the effect of feeble mind, you cast geese on them at the same time. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, I can. Uh, <laughs> assuming, assuming I get this off on somebody, like they're completely incapacitated. Yeah, they have no personality and no intelligence. They just sit there staring at you with drool coming out of the corner of their mouth. Uh huh. And they don't have the ability to comprehend language either. So right. they're unable to speak any kind of language or communication. Hmm. hmm. I randomly, uh, friends of mine went and saw Godzilla Minus One, and they are all just raving about how good it is. I know. I've heard amazing things about it. I think I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Since yeah, I... Technically, Monday is my only day off right now during the day. I saw an interview with the uh, the director, and yeah, fifteen fifteen million dollar budget. That's it. I love how the Kaiju Godzilla. Technically, it's not a prequel, um, mm-hmm. and technically, it's not associated with any of the other movies either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more. I think it feels more like an homage to mm-hmm. the original concept of Godzilla as a very nefarious Kaiju. Um, yeah. I, I personally, I like how they stick to the original inception of the idea that if if something that big is walking through the streets, it's going to step on people in the process. <laughs> yep. yep, there's no way you're getting away. Yeah, no. And they, and I saw the in the trailers, I'm like, oh, this Godzilla steps on people. <laughs> yep. You see the the train, the the scene with the the like the elevated train. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, conversation continues. The zone of truth lasts for how long, Zana? Ten minutes? Ten minutes, yeah. Ten minutes, yeah. So you're about halfway into that time in this conversation. (laughs) What you guys can pick up so far is that Puck is definitely trying to avoid talking about the reference to Dominion. Mannheim was clearly down here looking for this beacon at one point. The beacon's described as having different names, different references, and it seems to allow you to speak directly to Drexelgrix, the great ancient dragon turtle that Drexelhaven sits on the back of. Um, Some pieces are falling into place, and evidently it's believed that this object resides on the black guy shipwreck that was once part of the Zarhashian fleet that was sent to aid in um, uh, defending Vasselheim from Vecna's ascension. I will say this much, Earthen, because of your background, you get the feeling that it's quite possible that that might be on the vessel, 
it's possible that they sent the device as a means to try to speak to the massive land titan that was carrying Emphala out of the Shadowfell to be put into the, you know, set in place where Vasselheim was, thereby destroying the old city of Vasselheim and bringing Emphala into existence. If, if this truly is, if this truly is the beacon, that is a very terrible power to wield. What I should think. I'm. I feel like. Sorry. Go ahead. Or I was gonna say I should think we should we we should talk to this. Uh, scale you called him before uh, before making our journey though with confidence we will not speak to him about our plan until it plays out say that again so I think um, I put together that you know this. What you're saying about this could communicate between the Titan. The, they were trying to use it to communicate to the other Titan that that something this powerful. Uh, I should like to get to know the person who may be thought to wield this. Should we find the artifact? So I'd like to meet uh, the council before. I want to. I want to meet the council before we make this. But I'm not going to come out to the council. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go find the beacon. Like, we're. That's not to be discussed. I just want to pick. I want to pick his brain. So you want to speak with the priestess, the 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 one that we, the one that's called Sunscale. Yes. She sits on the title council. Okay. Maybe that's the council. I I don't think that that's going to be possible. The title council speaks to no one unless they choose to speak to you, of course. We're speaking to the council tonight. Yeah, Sibo's arranged that for us already. I would imagine if you're seeing the council this evening that you're being presented. Mm-hmm. Have you been given any kind of etiquette training upon being presented to the title council? I'm a bard. What etiquette training do I need? Well, you certainly don't want to speak without being spoken to. I can assure you of that. Things are very formal with our council. It's, I don't think it's quite the impression that you think it might. Why am I telling them all of these things? Don't Point understand. of order. <laughs> so, what are the warnings you would give us when addressing them? Allow them to do the speak. A courtly page will do the speaking the introduction um if you do have a sponsor she'll be allowed or they'll be allowed to speak as well um the title council is made up of a handful of individuals there is the Corella, keeper of the law she is like the maintainer of the histories of our people um there is the master of trades, uh, which is responsible for seeing to that all trades in and out of New Haven or out of Jaxel Haven are 
on the up and up, no piracy, no smuggling. Um, he goes by the name of Talos Stormfin. There is another individual who goes by the name of the Pearl Weaver. They are a chief emirate and they will do the speaking for the council. Sunscale is the fourth member of the council. And then, of course, the, um, well, the chief who's in charge of the council, of course, goes by the name of Web, uh, Wavebinder. Do you happen to know anybody named Stormy? Stormy. Stormy. Doesn't sound familiar to me. Is friend or... Ah, oh, we had a mutual friend some time ago. Oh. No, afraid not. Name doesn't sound familiar to me. Well, if you do say see a Stormy, tell them uh, Philbert's friend is around. Of course, I shall. I thought Philbert's uh, friend, huh? I thought Gorgrim was on the council. No, Gorgrim is... Well, he's Captain... Of the guard, and he's also the um, in charge of the armed forces that defend Graxel Haven. Um, he does not necessarily sit at the table, as they say. The Council of Five of the title, um, uh, the title Council, um, currently is made up of five individuals. Um, that's yes, that is correct. It used to be six, but the uh, Joran um, was the former captain of the guard, and therefore the title was transposed under Gorgrim some six to eight months ago, I believe. Hmm. Tell me about this. You said Joran? Yes, Joran Shellguard. He was a merfolk warrior of some renown, um, had been given a task to go and retrieve something, I believe, for the council. And never returned. He was declared dead after about six months. There were attempts to scry on him that failed um, to the point that they could not make a connection with his uh, consciousness. So that's usually taken as a sign that they are dead. Um, were, you, were those scrying able to scry across the plains? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. And who is it that is taking you before the council? Presenting you? Peroni. I don't believe that would be correct, but you could try again. Well, Peroni's going to be there, presenting us. I believe Peroni to be a human. Humans are not allowed to present members to the council. Only other merfolk are allowed to do that. Really? Yes. Really. Why do you kidnap humans so often? Go through all this just to have a human to study? Oh, I don't do that personally. The council no. allows people to do that. I don't really... I'm, my background is in relics and scavenging things off the seafloor out of shipwrecks. I, 
I don't necessarily fully agree with what the... I don't necessarily agree with the way the council behaves. Is there something in this urchin juice that's doing this? And they all kind of look at him with awkward stares because he's... He's not letting them in on the conversation. So they're like, there's like a moment of like telepathic crowded voices. Like they don't know what he's talking about. And then they just kind of go back to what they were doing. What's the matter? Can't hold your urchin? Ha 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 ha. This is becoming uncomfortable for me. Have you... You're not using a spell on me, are you? That would be considered me? quite rude. No. This is why I don't drink at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I just feel strange. I don't normally speak so openly against the council, but to be honest with you, I don't really like their behavior. Their isolationist views, and although I must admit, uh, Corella, she... Madame Rifat, the priestess, she has taken a very vested interest in trying to establish communication with Draxel Grix. I think that's why she gave me the information and the opportunity. She knows I'd rather relics as a means of both making a living and out of personal satisfaction. Um, we did have a conversation about Mannheim. Um, she did mention, oh, now that I think about it, Two weeks ago, she said that she was forced to go to the surface and she had, maybe three weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, she had a conversation with a surface dweller that was on a ship. She said he gave her the, how do they say, the creeps. Um, went by the name of Mason, I believe. Oh, our friend has spoken to you as well. Um, not that kind of friend. Bad friend. This was sarcasm. Oh. Not sure how that works underwater. Sorry. I would imagine it works like everything else underwater. It works so underwater. not well. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, she had mentioned that this mason um, was seeking passage through the veil. Um, I believe he was given passage some three or four days ago. He was given passage already. Interesting. Correct. What? Uh, how? How would one get grant be granted passage like that? Uh, normally, they would have to give either information, an object of importance, or a person or persons over to somebody as exchange for um, access and guidance through the veil. Protection from the siren's magic of the fog. Hmm. Could that be a body part, maybe? A body part? No, I don't. No, I don't believe that's how it works. It would be a complete body, actually, like a person given over as an exchange. Like you take this person until we're safely through, and then when we come back, we take that person back. Oh. If, if I should really like to know who Mason may have traded, we know. Oh, I know. She, she. I've met her actually through 
the priestess. She goes by the name Martinette. She's being held up in one of the coral towers up there, yeah. from what I understand. Why am I telling you that? I have to I, be honest. I, I, I think I need now. to go. You've been honest with us the whole time. We're being yes. That is part of the problem. I don't feel like I want to, but just I feel compelled to be. I need Wait, to tell okay. you before you go. The Martinet may not be who you think she is. I don't care who she really is. I am more interested in retrieving this device so I can get it to Corella Rifat. And then once Rifat has what she wants, she's all set to pay me what I want, and then I can go about my life. And what, what do you it? want? Oh, well, opportunity and maps. Uh, Rifat is in the possession of one of the most prolific map collections and navigational charts known to anybody ever. If maps interest you, I might be able to provide something or an opportunity that might be of interest to you. What do you mean? Provide what? I happen to be... This is I do not like this zone of truth thing. <laughs> um, I happen to be in possession of a map that I am attuned to. And if... A magical map. A magical map that I could... Used to look at things for you, and or what is draw the effective range of this map. The effective range of this map five I, miles. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> it is about five miles. Oh, fascinating! And how does it work? It works with me, and God, I fucking hate this zone of truth. <laughs> I, I make it work, okay? You don't need to question that. <laughs> I understand that you make it work, but, like, how does it work? Like, um, does it show you things? Does it describe things? Does it make a map of something? How, how is the effect that it portrays to you? It's... Pull it out and show him. <laughs> uh, okay. Have it with you, please, please. Let me see. Okay, but no sticky hands. I have enough thieves on my team to be able to recognize whatever. Okay, like everyone staring at Spot now. <laughs> Spot's Spot's tail is like I can't find any pockets on these merfolk. This is useless. <laughs> it feels like I'm in water. <laughs> well, if I show you the map, what do I get in return? You and your friends sound very interested in this Martinet. Perhaps an opportunity to speak with her? Interesting. That sounds worthwhile. And I take out the map. Is there anything in this region you're interested in finding? I believe my key interest is understanding 
What is in that small tower that they call it the Coral Lighthouse? I'd like to know what's inside of it. Well, let's see what I can do. The map and is I... un- yeah, the map's unfurled, which is magical, so it's impervious to being destroyed. Um, it rolls out on the coral slab that the four of you and Brightfin are kind of floating nearby while eating off of the, the coral plates. And he watches the map, unfurls like normal. There's nothing there at first. Then you feel the kind of like attunement to the map. Um, once again, you're in the very center of the hurricane storm. So you can see the oscillating energy. And Brightfin goes, fascinating. It shows where we are. Can, can you make it go further in? Like, make it larger to look at. I try... I you do this. <laughs> <laughs> I try to zoom in. Yeah, you're like, you start thinking about it. And for the very first time, you feel an affinity for the map. And whether you've never really tried before or it was ever a thought... The image of the map expands out so that the hurricane itself is a lot larger. And now you can see what looks to be like a small image of the dragon turtle floating in the magic of the map. And that's when you realize you can. You start pulling at the edges and you're able to bring your vantage point down into Draxelhaven. And you shift the image with your hands over towards where the smaller towers are below the Tidal Council towers and also where um, the other uh, Pearl Fingers rise up, um, allowing, you know, uh, for um, the Martinet where she's kept. Um, And you then focus in on the lighthouse. And as you try to focus in on the lighthouse to get a sense of what's in there, your mind hits a wall, a familiar wall. And you hear an echo in your mind that kind of forces out the other telepathic voices as you hear a familiar voice. What do you think you're doing? I told you. If you ever tried to communicate with me again, you'll be done for. And look, wait a minute. You are here and all of you feel the... (laughs) back of the dragon turtle tremble and like immediately everybody in the immediate area the spires and everything all just come to a dead stop like looking around in curiosity and caution give me an intelligence save if you would please fuck but I'm not smart (laughs) oh thank god it's 22 Oh, <laughs> nice! <laughs> well the, DC was, done. the DC was a 19. That's awesome. <laughs> As you feel the connection with this lighthouse, this voice, you push through the psychic barrier designed to like scramble your brain. You feel that familiar pain. And that's when you feel your your mental capacity push through the barrier. And you like it's almost like ripping cloth off of your face and peeling your way through into something. 
everything around you just kind of falls away. And there's that voice again, but now it's like in an echo chamber. It's, it's strange, but you, it's kind of dark around you, but you can feel your feet on the ground. So that doesn't make much sense. And as you kind of look around, you turn over your shoulder and you feel your gills kind of fold back in. You're not in the water anymore. And for the first time in like about a day, you, you have your voice back. There's a short flight of coral stairs in front of you. They only go up maybe about 10 feet. And as they go up 10 feet, you can see this translucent crystal vat with a strange kind of blue light kind of like glowing out of it. And there's something floating in it. I tried to warn you. Why do you persist? Why do you keep connecting with me? It seems like our paths have converged. And I'm not an envoy of anybody but myself, but I do carry another's eye with me at the moment. You speak in riddles. My mind is old. And that's when you notice that when you're hearing the voice, there's a pulse of light coming from the giant like crystal vat up above. And suddenly you could see kind of like the pickled remains of a figure inside the crystal vat. And you kind of are compelled. You don't know why. You feel the mind draw you in partway up the stairs. And that's where you realize it's a, it's imagine a corpse in the water for a very long time but it's incapable of decomposure, but it's drains of its physical ability. It's animus is no longer animate. It's just this slowly turning creature as it turns, its eyes are milky white and wide open. There's a strange pulse of energy, like coming up and under from uh, the crystal form. And you can see that it's a turtle and the turtle is invalid. It's arms twisted and tucked in. It's flesh decayed, but not to the point of rot because of the the strange fluid that it's floating in. Well, now you know the truth of what I am. Why do you persist? Why does your mind always seem to find my mind? Why is this happening? I don't know, but I know... Somebody wants you to return to your former form. Are you interested in that? My former form? I have an old memory of what I once was. Sometimes I think it's the only thing that I cling on to to prevent total madness setting in. When I found this dragon turtle dead upon the deep edges of the sea, 
I knew it could protect me. But all these millennia, I've floated out here, gathered, made myself into something that they could never find me. I'm not sure that this memory makes sense. I'm not sure of anything anymore. Did you speak to it? Did you talk to it? I carry its eyes for now. If you would like to connect with it, I can help with that. But I do not... I'm not compelled to its desires. If your desires and Dominion's desires do not match, you should tell me now. I do not know. Come closer. Place your hand on the crystal. Show me their eyes so I can remember. And then I will give my decision. I do as it says. You kind of like cautiously walk up the stairs. You gently place your hand on the kind of room temperature crystal. The undead corpse, uh, rotting remains of the turtle stops spinning and hovers there as if in some kind of physical control of itself. Its eyes go from a milky white to the blackness of your own eyes. You see the reflection of yourself in the crystal, your eyes jet black as Dominion reveals its mind to the mind of its child. It's love, it's family. It's a feeling of loss and a feeling of unending suffering and unending questions lost into a chaotic mind that barely has a glimmer of a memory of itself. And then your eyes kind of go back to normal. It's milky white eyes go back to normal. You carry the heart of dominion with you. You have agreed to be a follower of Dominion. Maybe not a follower, but an assistant for now. Fascinating. Truly wondrous. I will think on this. I will think on this. You feel the energy immediately kind of separate. You feel yourself step backwards out of this wall of resistance and the psychic barrier that takes you back to your own mind. And you kind of take a quick intake of breath. For everybody else watching Puck, she kind of held her breath for a solid maybe 30 seconds before answering the telepathic questions coming from Brightfin. Well, I don't see anything. I could see the lighthouse structure, but it doesn't show anything inside. Maybe there's nothing inside. Maybe I'm just... Right, Finn just seems frustrated, looks away. A lot of empty lighthouses on the surface. 
You all right there, Mighty Might? Uh, can Puck cast on herself uh, Tasha's... Uh, where is it? Tasha's annoying deflection laughter? <laughs> Tasha's hideous laughter, yes. <laughs> sure, I'll see why not. Okay. Um, Puck just starts laughing hysterically. Oh my god, this is... Uh. <laughs> ah, oh, oh my god, I, I can't breathe. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And I kind of walk away <laughs> laughing. Kind of just swim away from everybody else towards... Where are you heading towards? Um, I'll take the, the... The... The alcoholic juice with me. And okay. I'll- Right to act up the drunk physically okay. while laughing uncontrollably so I can't talk. Give me a uh, deception. Well, you're underwater. You can't talk anyways, but because oh, yeah. it's all telepathic. But give me a deception check as you try to steal away. A lot of deception today. Not a lot of success. <laughs> okay, 15, which, listen, for me is high on this. Yeah, that's pretty high, yeah. Um... Yeah, you guys watch as a very drunk and chaotically laughing Puck is just kind of floating away into the crowds of people surrounding the eatery and just kind of disappears into the crowds. Even with a passive inside of 21, I don't see that something's up there. <laughs> um, She's definitely being weird, but she doesn't really give, enough, give away enough specifics to make you understand why she's being weird. And you just kind of watch her, watching her disappear into the crowd. And she's in the crowd somewhere, and you lose track of her. How strong is that oyster juice? Oh, it's sea urchin juice, but I... Sea urchin juice. Yeah, I, I... I mean, it's strong, but I didn't think it was strong enough to cause someone to go mad. Sorry about that. I. Um, she's been acting up lately. It's... Uh, not acting up, acting different. Lately. We're talking to the council in like five hours. She needs to sober up. <laughs> so Did about we... visiting the Martinet. Yes. Sorry, Zamp. Did you were you going to say something else? I was going to ask. Did we get? the weapons and stuff from this guy before. Oh yeah, you've already done the trade. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it. I've got most of them in my bag right now. Okay. Yeah. You want the mantle out? Yeah. Hey, uh, Earthen, uh, could you could you take a look at this? I, I tried for some really cool stuff. I have no idea what this thing is. I, I just hand him the uh, the crystal ball that I got. Okay. I mean, I love it more than anything I've ever seen in my entire life, but I have no idea what it is. Exaggerating a bit there, but okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll cast. Uh, um, I'll, I'll try casting uh, identify on it. But okay. I get that they said you know those guys couldn't identify it. So. Yeah, but you're. Well, that, well I mean, do you tell him that? I don't know you. Oh yeah, sorry. Well, I meant it from the perspective of like you. You. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming Spot tell you that who he got it from, they couldn't I, identify it. Do you do you tell him that, or do you not tell him that? Because it's kind of important. 
Yeah, like um, the uh, the guy I bought I trained for had no idea what this was. Like this is you know new to me. It's just like I, I needed it in my life. Cause look at it. it's so good. <laughs> that still doesn't answer my question. <laughs> I have a funny feeling spot's not gonna tell you. So Earthen, as you begin to identify it, I need you to make a intelligence save, please. Okay. Oh yeah, you. Oh, you I have it. I have advantage on that. Yeah, you got that sword, don't you? The sword, yeah. <laughs> so that's a uh, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. There's a sharp pain in your mind as you try to connect with it and, and cast the identify identify spell. There's. At first, like a slight barrier of resistance that you're able to push through. As oh. you focus in on the crystal ball, all you hear is breathing in your mind. You just hear breathing. There's an arcane pulse within the center of the crystal ball. And then you just, ugh, it just doesn't reveal it to you. And you get the feeling that you're kind of like psychic abilities were advanced enough to kind of keep it from harming you but it just felt like you were standing in the middle of a, like a great vacant emptiness surrounded by magical vapor and a, a steady kind of breath or breathing going on around you of, of, an, a, of a person of a thing hard to know for sure uh yeah I, 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 I don't know what that was, but I think it tried to hurt me. It creeped me out because it's just kind of breathing at me. But there is big, empty nothing except magic vapor. I just gotta kind of look at him quizzically and just kind of snatch it back, just kind of glare into it and see if I might be able to reach out with my key and touch it if I can try that. Give me an intelligence save. This is a I'm just gonna sit back. Like, it's probably not. <laughs> Where are you? Sorry. Oh, that's an eight. An eight. You guys watch as Spot's curiosity tries to focus in on it, try to attune to it, and deep like match their mind to its to its nature. Watching Earth and struggle is just too much curiosity for it. Um, Spot, your intelligence drops to a zero. What? And you watch <laughs> Spot goes like, like just a glaze in his eye. His tongue's like lulled out. His gills are barely functioning. Spot? Uh, uh, you okay, bud? You alright? No response. What does the what does the ball do? Uh don't know, but I'm gonna take it and I like I'm just gonna put it in the bag for now. Okay, you take it out and drop it in the bag. Uh I'm gonna try and hit spot with greater restoration to see if that does anything. <laughs> yeah. Spot comes out of it, his intelligence normalizes, and he's like, What looking around? What just happened? I have no idea. Um, 
I, I, I tried to focus in on the uh, on the crystal ball, the really cool crystal ball that I got from the guy, and then um, everything just kind of went white, and I had I don't remember anything. I think you almost died. I mean, this was one of like the weaker times you almost died. This was. I have your crystal ball, but I put it in the bag just because. Fine. Um, like supervised use. Come on, like supervised use of of unknown creepy magic items. I told you that thing was like. It hurt, and it was weird, and. All right. Well, yeah, but you exaggerate. You're made of paper. I want to <laughs> you exaggerate. I'll give you the paper, paper part, but <laughs> I'll give you the paper part. But hey, do, do you guys think it? Um, you think you can track down Puck? Because I kind of want to go back to that guy. Because um, yeah, I think he has another thingy that I might want to purchase if he's amenable to it. But you know, I I, I don't trust. Uh, I'd like to chase down Puck if we can. Oh, okay. Question um, is, Puck, where are you going? Um, I think Puck is just looking for a place to try and stop laughing at some point. Yeah, it takes a little while, but after a while, the spell quickly fades, and you look back to see that no one's following you currently. Um, you're kind of drifting in through the underwater market stalls, and people are staring at you and kind of watching you just carry some of your emotion on your face a little bit. Um, merfolk don't really do that that much because they're naturally telepathic creatures. But you're kind of lost in a crowd at this point. Not really paying attention to where you're going or where you've been. Huh. Uh, well, I've been meaning to do... <laughs> this is like a very dumb side thing that I've been meaning to do, but might as well see if I can just sense that. I've been meaning to do... Um, uh, I was gonna ask earlier. You can talk to animals. Were there shrimp screaming when you ate them? Oh, <laughs> what a oh. dark question! <laughs> Locate animals or plants on filberts. I just want to know if my fish friend is fine. What's the maximum range on that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, five miles. Five miles. <laughs> <laughs> Fish is in the astral sea somewhere. It got swept up in a storm. <laughs> you. I mean, he could be dead. It's fine. Yeah, you don't really get a sense of him nearby. Aw. Um, you're not sure based on the eating habits of the people here. He probably ended up as a meal, is your guess? Unless, of course, he migrated in the normal fish patterns that his kind migrate in, but you don't have any sense of him within five miles. If, Doesn't mean he's dead, but you definitely don't <laughs> think he's around here. If, in like towards the end where things really ramp up and we get to see like the really ethereal being, like, I, I don't know. I don't know where this story is, of course, going, but if at the end Filbert <laughs> has a comeback and we f find out that he was the big bad, <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I always imagined Henry Crabgrass should have been the big bad. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's like I this was, was filled Mason, and then like his head opens into two pieces. <laughs> 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 It, no, wasn't no. A, it wasn't a metal eye, it was a fishbowl. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, so <Silver>. true. <sighs> so yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of enjoying the, I, I guess I'm lost and thinking about what I've just seen and trying to process that. Fair, fair. It, it was a lot. I'm just sitting down, trying to kind of cool it with the uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cast sending to Puck. Puck, where are you? We have a meeting in four and a half hours. <laughs> uh, okay, I just am coming. <laughs> and I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch as like you guys kind of like exchange, you know, finish exchanging with Bryfid. You and Earth and kind of worried about where Puck went. Kind of, you start to as, act as if you're going to go find her, but but as as Xanath kind of you know reaches out, eventually Puck comes back. Um, Spot's about to get up and go look for Puck as well. Spot, you get up and start swimming towards where you last saw Puck head towards, but then Puck comes out of the market stalls, the coral market, coming back towards the rest of you. And she's no longer laughing. She looks like herself. Uh, hey, guys, I think we should talk, but we need to go someplace where nobody might be listening to us. Should we <laughs> head back to our rooms? Uh, sure. Yeah, that would be... Well, you want to do this before we go and try and speak with Martinette? I don't know. I know. Okay. I mean, if we're going back now, are you going to start like talking to us or are you going to start laughing and disappear again? The alcohol really got to my system. <laughs> Can I be like shining a little light in her eyes or like lifting a lid trying to figure out what's going on? Give me a message check to right. uh, get her overall condition. Oh, I'm going to roll insight then too. For oh, I got to do insight. 12? She seems fine. All right. <laughs> that's uh, 18 plus 11. So that's a uh, 29 for insight check. I'll let decide what you kind of make of her behavior currently. Puck is very anxious. She wants to say something. She's not sure if she should. But also it's very clear that she's not that drunk. You've seen her drunk before. Um, and also maybe if, with this high you probably notice that like Tasha's hideous laugh is not something she should be able to do. Oh. It's um, it's a warlock uh, thing yeah. that is not yeah. part of her like usually. I would say Arthur would definitely pick up on that. Yeah, I think you have a lot to tell us. I have some things, but I want to make sure we're not being scried on. Uh, Brightfin. Yes. Is there anywhere in? Draxelhaven, where one might 
seclude themselves from scrying eyes. Oh, well, as long as you're in the Haven, you're fine. Draxel Haven itself is a, a magical city. How do you think we don't flit in and out of so many places without people finding out? The storm is our protection, of course. That prevents prying eyes from finding us. I'm finding it fascinating that this map seems to be able to locate beyond the storm. First time I've ever heard of that being able to be done, but if someone is attempting to read your mind or scry on you or locate you, the storm should protect you. Maybe we can wait until we open the hut tonight. I feel like that's the only place I would feel truly safe. So maybe it can wait until after a few more things. I'd like to talk now. I wouldn't. <laughs> that's why I'd like to. <laughs> and we'll say this is kind of like an awkward conversation around yeah. right then because <laughs> you allow your telepathy in and out based on who you want to hear. So Technically, he wouldn't be able to hear it because you'd be focused on just the telepathy amongst the four of you. I don't group trust. dynamics. I'm gonna look at Bright for like group dynamics. You know how it is. <laughs> hey, Bright, well, I'm just trying to go <laughs> some chopping. Or... I'm just gonna Bridget... do some chopping over here. I'll leave you to it. Wait, and... Bryson, one more question before you yeah. leave. Yes. What did you sell, Mannheim? Did you sell Mannheim anything? That might be um, a body part. Um, yes, I, 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 I sold him the the oracle of that uh, of our people. Um, uh, it, it, well, it's not really. It's they call it that because it's it's kind of a touristy thing. I feel ashamed, but um, you know, merfolk. We worship a specific god. It's believed to be, um, you know, to show the sign of the favor of a god that people would sacrifice a part of themselves in, in her honorification, of course. Um, I keep these um, jars of preserved body parts in them, and I sold him one of those. I don't think it was of any real value. It was a merfolk hand. How strange. And it has no value other than the theoretical value of... Well, I would imagine if it's... I treat it as a curiosity, but I imagine if you're a powerful enough spellcaster, you could use it as part of a component of a spell if you wanted to. I mean, I sell many strange things, and, well, this one was easy because it's felt like an easy trade. Because to be honest with you, I wasn't really sure that the information about the vessel was even true. So it felt like a good trade. What information did you trade it for? Well, the about the ship in the Shadowfell that your oh. friend Earthen here spoke of. Yeah, where we're hoping to maybe go tonight or tomorrow. Huh. Well... Did you sell anything else to Mannheim? Oh, there was that. And if I think on it, I think I sold him a cipher key as well. One that I've never been able to understand. And I figured 
well, you know, in case he was pulling one over on me, I would sell him a a, a key of in, a, of impossibility, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for being so helpful. I'm sorry my map wasn't more helpful than it was, but... That's okay. At least it tells us it's not really anything important inside the lighthouse. It's probably quite empty. Mm -hmm. Well, if we could help you in the future, let us know. Okay. Uh, Well, anyways, we do need to make an arrangement for you to speak with the Motnet, and we do need to make an arrangement to travel to the Shadowfell, but I know that you have other arrangements for the evening, so I'll let you guys get on with that. Just contact me over at the curiosity shop um, when you're ready for us to conclude our arrangements and uh, go from there. Um, goodbye. And he just kind of starts swimming away. <laughs> like you get the feeling he's just kind of creeped out a little bit. Like this, this is way more emotion than he was anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull out the loot and just start kind of plucking at it. Just getting used to it. Haven't played a loot for a while. I usually yeah. used a vial, so yeah. The, what's interesting is as soon as you start plucking at it and tuning it, everybody around you smiles. Um, your friends smile in return as they're hearing this wonderful underwater melodic kind of dissonance, kind of like pulsing out from the energy of the loot. It's not using the normal acoustic valuation of the sounds coming off of it. It's very much like more harmonics with the idea of the way it's reacting with the water. Well, this was a pretty cool thing to pick up. That's prettier than I expected. No, this is rad. This is uh, the first time I've genuinely... Well, no, actually, you're a pretty g- good musician. I, I've, I've enjoyed your music on this uh, adventure. Why, thank you. <laughs> I am a bard, after all. <laughs> it's easy to forget sometimes, because you don't really talk about it much, and it's like very understated. But yeah, no, you, I guess you are. Um, while I'm playing, can I try and use the detect magic on the uh, crystal? It's magical. The crystal ball. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah. No school of magic, though. Huh. Should we start walking back towards uh, our apartment? Swimming. Swimming back. Paddling. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> Back to, I mean, we can walk once we're in the room. True. So you guys yeah, head I, back to your residential suite that was gifted to you as you're still waiting to be presented to the title council. Um, didn't take too long to get back. Um, the crowd's a little bit more kind of reserved on your way back. People are generally kind of freaked out by what just happened, the tremor and the kind of reaction to the city. But after a while, nerves settle. And by the time you get back to um, the, the the pearlescent castle, you find your way back, swim into the hallways and back up into the towers until 
you see your shimmering barrier of your doorway and one by one each of you step through Now, Spot, you wanted to revisit that one stall again to see if something else was for sale, or... You're muted. muted. I think by circumstances being outside and it being hard to search stuff... Oh, God damn it. Let me get something from my cat real fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dad, I want to eat it! Help, 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 help. Just make it a little bit better. It's his antibiotics. He has a <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to hide it so you wouldn't give it to him anymore. Exactly. But I'll repackage this. Uh, at, le- at least your cat brings you stuff like that. My cat brings me dead animals. That's okay. My uh, my very first partner brought me a dead uh, bunny, so that was fun. But, um, <laughs> anyway, um now that I've actually had a chance to look at it, I did want to talk to him about the Amulet of Haste, or the Bracers of Haste, whichever it was. I, I yeah, know. it was the Bracers of Haste. Yeah, because I couldn't really type that inside. <laughs> but yeah, just wanted to see uh, what he might be willing to trade for that. What do you got? Let's take a look. Um, I want to see what he would like for uh, his gold price, and then just kind of look at my inventory and see if there's anything I'd be interested in giving up. Do you have any gems or jewelry? I don't remember. I, I usually just convert everything that we get, uh, gems and jewelry and stuff, into its equivalent value. I'm sure I have some, but like I said, when you give us the value of platinum, I just do it like that. Right, it's, right. Yeah. I mean, you do have all of those precious metals stored yes, that was on, the, on the main vessel. So... Possibly, if you were to go back with some of the adamantanium and the, you know the mithril and you know the the rare shiny, he might be yeah. interested. Yeah, yeah, that was the next good thing. But I just want to talk to him when we get a chance. Okay, so the four of you are back inside. Your gills fold into the skin of your neck. Um, Winter is currently kind of um, tugging at uh, Punch's tail and kind of giggling and throwing him little pieces of bacon and then he's catching them and she's just <laughs> hanging out with punch at this point sees the five of you come back and she just kind of gives you that stare and look of four people that maybe spent way too much out in a strange place and <laughs> kind of goes back to just scrunching punch's ears and punch comes running over to puck and jumps up and puts a big old wet tongue across your face <laughs> You know, nice wet trail of hair and tiger saliva. He can then, talk to you now too, right? Yeah. Now it's not telepathic because you're in the magic of the room that they built for you or that that's designed for what they call air breathers. <laughs> air breathers. Air breathers. <laughs> I feel like that's a term we're going to hear a lot in a little bit and it's going to be... <laughs> While we're, while we're getting chased out of this. Damn you, Everythers! I mean, it's my, it's my, it's, it's probably my personal experience with, you know, every city almost they ever go to. You get chased out of? Yeah. Damn you, blood! Hey, but the, ah! I'm not that kind. I, just, I, I seduce the people into being revolutionaries. It's, 
I'll give him credit for that. Like, I mean, I've been trying to do something to to Earthen for like nothing. He doesn't pick up on any of this. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are back together in the safety of your residence. You've got maybe a few hours left until you're expected to be in front of the title council. I'll the situation where like the adults pull up a chair and the teenage kid has a chair across from them on the table. So Puck, you have so, to tell us. So true. <laughs> um, first, do you mind doing the tech magic in the room to make sure we're not being scried on? Your paranoia has been as infectious as your music. Oh, well-founded, you mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> pull the pull the the whalebone loot out and strum a few chords in the air. Obviously, it probably sounds very differently without with different without the water, but uh, because that allows me to cast detect magic at will. Just boom. Um, other than the fact the room gives off a, a hue of evocation magic because. The room itself is magical, um, uh, designed to give you a place of protection from the the um, uh, the like you know with the the barrier and everything. You look around, and other than what you see on people and your friends and winter, and no sign of any other uh, nothing that looks like it's scrying or or, or any sign of other magic that's in here. Outside of the magic to keep the room air and not water, I'm not picking up any. I mean, and our stuff, obviously. I'm not picking up anything, anything else. I'll well, pop up. Nope. <laughs> no, actually, no, don't be else lots. It's fine. Point of order. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Question: Would would her um, would her weapon ting? I haven't used it yet. We have. I know, but I, I use detect magic, so I don't know. I, uh, I'm just asking DM if that would if that would pop like with that. Well, it's a it's a weapon you summon, though, right, Puck? So right uh, now it's just an inert weapon. Um, so no, it wouldn't pick. Okay. So I know you probably haven't um, picked up on anything because I'm a pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty natural. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I I know I had you all fooled, just uh, um, painfully unaware. Uh, but some shit's Completely been going in down. the dark. So um, what's been going on? I'll start with what happened today because that might affect us in the very near future. Um, I spoke to Drexelhaven, and I saw his true form. Previously, an entity had contacted me about Drexelhaven, and we have struck a deal of sorts. That's kind of... The bulk of it. First of all, Draxelhaven's true form is inside that light tower. That was what you saw happen. Um, 
What's the I am, I'm sorry? What's the entity that spoke to you? It calls itself Dominion. It has been evasive even to me. Can I make a religion check on Dominion? Or like a history check? I'd like religion if you want. Anybody else can give me history if they want. I got that. Okay. Eighteen religion check. Okay. Twenty-six history. Okay. I got a twenty-one religion. From a religious standpoint, Spot and Zanith, you recognize it as um you recognize it as something that's been taught through most religious organizations as the origin of the world before um, founding. There's the understanding of founding, which is when all of the gods colluded to create the world. Um, But then the Titans came into existence and the gods combined their power to defeat the Titans and then complete the period of founding. Um, Of course, at the same time, this also was the creation of the Betrayer gods and Eventually, during the Age of Arcanum, the Betrayer Gods once again tried to control Exandria, and the the Age of Arcanum came to an end, and the gods put the Betrayer Gods into prison and fled Exandria and hid behind the Celestial Gate, giving Exandria the protection and back to the free peoples of Exandria, allowing them to make their own destiny. That's what we call post-divergence, or divergence. Um... You guys are now in the period of time called post-Vecna, PC, post, or PV, post-Vecna. Um, there's a new calendar in regards to when Vecna was defeated, and it's considered a new golden age of unity and you know people trying to work together to not allow something like that to ever happen again. So you have founding, you have arcanum, you have divergence, um, and then you have um, post-Vecna. Before founding, a lot of the religious foundations believe that there used to be only ever one entity. And they called it the creator entity or the dominion entity. And this entity is said to have given life uh, and is said to be the birth and creator of gods. It's been a very kind of like easy way to explain how gods came into existence and it's kind of used that way. There's not a whole lot of written proof or um, relic proof over it, but there are rumors that Vasselheim keeps ancient vaults that they don't allow anyone into, and therefore there's always been this underlying kind of controversy around if Dominion never existed, why are there things that um, organizations don't want to share, don't want people to see or interact with? Um, from a historical perspective, Earth and Dominion is a, a folklore from, a, from your understanding of history. Um, Dominion is what you tell your kids if they don't go to bed. Um, you know, if you don't know where it came from, you blame it on Dominion. There's lots of hyperbole and lots of stories and 
lots of, you know, um, you know, folk folklore from a standpoint of different um, uh, organizations and communities that use this as a term of endearment towards explaining things away or calling things, well, it is what it is. It's blame it on dominion. You know, just, it's always been kind of used as a very kind of hyper responsive way to deal with the unknown. The uh, dominion, like, uh, hey, brush your teeth before you go to bed or dominion's going to rot them out. Like the creator of the gods dominion? It's what it calls itself. Obviously, my understanding of anything celestial is limited, and I think it knows that. What so, is it? I'm sorry. Sorry. What does it want? Its goal appears to be to be reunited with its son. Uh, which is Draxelhaven, uh, which has undergone some type of transformation. I would say I myself do not know the extent of its goals. I know there are elements, for example, and I, I summon the weapon. I know that if I kill anybody with this thing their soul goes to dominion i don't necessarily know what that means but it sounds bad i know our paths converge for now and i know it has a lot of information and that it is also interested in seeing through the veil it seems like our point of connection is that I am curious and it is knowledgeable, but I am trying to be mindful of not using this in the wrong way. And so I apologize for not being more forthcoming in the beginning, but I was just really not sure what was connected to it and what might happen if I am too cavalier with it. What does it need you for? I mean... It needs a body to cross the veil. It needs a body, and it needs to cross the veil. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And what does Dominion do when you get across? I don't know. It did not tell me everything. I know that it is longing for its son... And I hope that I am correct in understanding that it is a caring. But at the end of the day, our agreement is not based on a complete understanding. And for me, it provides me just a little bit of knowledge to hopefully avoid certain disasters. I asked for the power to protect people. I don't know if this is what it has given me, but I hope that it has. So when you say you kill something and their soul goes to dominion, 
You mentioned when you were killed, you wound up somewhere crazy with a voice talking to you, right? Yeah, I assume I would be condemning something or someone to the same fate. It is not a fun fate. Hmm. Is this why you asked about Helm? Dominion had told me some things. And I want to share them, but I am incredibly concerned of the ramifications. And I hope you can understand that for now. You have the complete ability to compel me to say anything. You have tropes, <laughs> zone of truth, and I can only make myself laugh for so long. Well, if you try that again, I could counterspell it too, so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can send you to the minion. How do we like that? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, was, I thought about counterspelling it where you were going to do it, and I was like, but I haven't seen this before, so let's see what happens. <laughs> I can say that I will try to be useful. I am just mindful of the power of destruction that comes with certain information. And I would prefer to say certain things to you guys individually because I don't know what is the, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to say certain things that might affect, that might be private. But also I'm not trying to sound too, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know anything really. It's all really basic and, um, uh, shoot. Okay, the bottom oh. line is Erebos has a reason to be connected with us and it seems like we need to be careful as we proceed. And I'll tell you more soon. I do promise that. So what about the map thing? It is helping me see clearer uh, the map. I mean, the whole, like, you spaced out for like a full 30 seconds. We're underwater. We have gills, but you were look like you were holding your breath. I nearly was killed by Drexelhaven because he is not happy that I was able to find him again by accident, which is uh, strange. Even with my bizarre luck, it is strange. When I did talk to him, it gave me an opportunity to facilitate a meeting between Dominion and him. But as I mentioned, part of the deal is that my choices and actions are my own. I can only carry his vision, but not his actions. And I wanted to make sure that Draxelhaven is interested in whatever it is his father is trying to achieve. And if it is releasing him from, I believe, some kind of curse that is putting him in immense pain and forcing him to hide his uh, degraded body inside a what used to be a dead uh, uh, turtle dragon 
I, I, I can tell them about everything that's happened during that meeting. You, yeah, you, if you want, yeah. you just, yeah, whatever thing I described for you, they heard. They were in the green room, so they would have heard it. Yeah, I, and I will tell you guys everything he said about you guys. I just don't know if you want to tell the others yet. So, uh, do you, like, how, okay, how do people want to proceed? Well, first, it sounds like we're riding on a necromantic turtle's back right now. Pretty cool, right? And, uh, <laughs> not a word I would use to describe it, no. <laughs> so when he's restored to his, like, original form, is that, like, a turtle and then we're on the back of a dead turtle? Or is it, like... Kind of sounds like it. It it's... sounds like... It sounds like the entity, Draxel, Grix, is somehow linked to Dominion based on Puck's description. And many millennia ago, Draxel Grix found this ancient dead turtle dragon, attached itself to it, and spent a millennia recovering from something. Although it didn't really tell Puck much about that level of detail. Um, do you tell them about your interaction with it and Dominion and the eyes of the child and all that? Or do you keep it kind of like superfluous, like... You interacted with Dominion, it told you, or you interacted with Draxel Grix, it told you its story, and then you're just retelling that portion of the story. I can tell about the eyes of the child and all that. I'm just trying to avoid the part where they said that uh, a spot would create some kind of disaster because of their chaotic nature. Xanath <laughs> is the daughter of God, and Arthur's family and like situation. Uh, Look, this we can do privately, you know, deal with That's your right. own uh, chaotic <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, from your from your perspective, Zanith, it feels like she's describing something that's well over a thousand years old, discovering the remains of this ancient dragon turtle and then using it as a host, as a vessel for them to contain themselves in. And they use it to travel Lucidian Sea. Um it's kind of making sense why that one particular priestess of the title council is trying to figure out how to communicate with Draxel Gritz. You get the feeling that maybe they've been trying for a long time and haven't had any success. And now somebody has let slip about some device in the Shadowfell that may have the ability to do this. This feels manipulative. Like, Somebody has set things in motion for another purpose, is what it feels like. And that person has yet to be fully either understood or fully connected to this plot, this plan. I wonder if they actually need this beacon to contact Drexel Griggs or if they're trying to talk to someone else. Hmm. Well, now I really want to break into that uh, chamber. That chamber where the god is in? Mm-hmm. I would not recommend that. Why not? <laughs> Spot's like... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Aside from the fact this is exactly that... <laughs> what I'm crafted for. <laughs> I feel like I've established a line of trust with this being. 
over a period of time and I'm concerned with the fact that it would be against what it wants and that it seems like it would be very vulnerable for it. I also do not want to make an enemy out of it. I believe that it is not something that means ill and something that's in a lot of pain and it would go against, I think, all of our natures to hurt it. And also it could uh, kill us. I didn't say I wanted to hurt it, but also it animated a giant dead dragon turtle. And it's oh currently God, animating. You, you a actually giant was a, yeah. Yeah, a, but you yeah. also get the feeling that the size of this thing that the Draxel Haven exists on has probably been manipulated by its own magic and sense of creative magic as well that it's uh, kind of anamorphed what was once a traditional ancient dragon turtle that was of a certain size and has been forcing it to get bigger and bigger until it attracted the merfolk people to it. And now, you know, all that feels like this thing is hiding from something. There's a whole civilization on the back of this vessel that it hides from, you know, it hides inside of, and Puck seems to have a direct line to it at this point. I just want to be respectful of it for now. And I don't think it is something that we need to fight against. I think it can be helpful to us. And in the extreme chaos that has been the past few weeks and all the strange entities that have come into light, this one might be one that is not against us. What about Dominion? I don't know. I know that I trust myself maybe too much to not fall into its trap, but I don't know what's behind it. It is evasive to me. Do you think you have its eyes on your back? How do you mean? I carry Helm around with me. Do you carry Dominion? Yeah, no, he's probably listening to us right now. If you have something to say directly, uh, you can look to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking direct into your eyes. <laughs> I mean, if you guys have questions that are better than mine, I can try and connect with it at some point. I did not get the sense that it is... I got the sense that it is aware of what is happening within the worlds and, and the way certain rifts have been happening. And that it has its own agenda, but for now I would be cautious. And it seems like we're entering a playing field full of things that are bigger than us and having something on our side, in addition to Helm, might not be the worst idea. Although I know Earthen hates it. <laughs> <laughs> so, as this then. conversation continues into the early hours of the evening, eventually Sibo comes into the chamber. Well, um, 
It's that time. Um, shall we go meet the title council? And that's where we're going to finish tonight. As that three hours went by fast. <laughs> All right, you guys linger so we can talk about the schedule. Uh, we've only got two more uh, Sundays left in 2023 before we take the long break of the holidays. Uh, we will see 52 sessions on the nose. We're 50 today. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. We'll be 52 in the, over the next two sessions. That's true. All right, everyone, thanks for joining and hanging out. Um, as always, be safe, be kind. Don't forget to play a game. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> one of these days, I got, you know, just it takes one button. Just one button. Bye.